this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Yay! Okay, I hope you can hear me now. So, our passage today is from Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 4, and I'm going to read through to verse 11. But I've already realized that I forgot to tell you a really important thing. So, if you don't mind, while you are listening to me at home, if you are able to, I ask that you go and find a bowl of water Find a bowl or a cup, anything, it doesn't matter, big or small. Take me with you into the kitchen as you're listening right now. But please go and find a little bowl of water that you can have nearby as you listen to this message today. Our message this morning is going to be on a familiar story to you probably. Uh, It's the story of Jesus' baptism from the Gospel of John. And I'm going to begin to read in verse 4. But don't forget... Go grab that bowl of water with me for just a moment. So this is what the scripture says. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, he ate locusts and wild honey, and he proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me, and I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the river Jordan. And just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him and a voice from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Now, I hope you've had a moment to grab some water nearby. But I want you to keep in mind that as you hear this story today, that all four gospel writers tell about Jesus' baptism. Each have their own way of telling the story. Mark, who is notoriously brief in his writing style, actually gives one of the longer accounts of Jesus' baptism. He chooses to begin his gospel and the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection by beginning with Jesus' baptism. It was that well-known and that important to the early church that he wanted to make sure to begin this story by telling us all that Jesus started his public ministry by getting baptized. Now, this is before he has any disciples who follow him. This is before the crowds are clamoring for his attention all the time. He will get baptized in the River Jordan and then immediately go into the wilderness where he spends 40 days being tempted. Mark tells us that John the Baptist was out in the wilderness doing this ritual of repentance and forgiveness, and he called it baptism. 
The Christian practice of baptism has its roots in the Jewish practice of a mikvah, which is a spiritual cleansing ceremony. It's a way to begin to be seen as clean again after you are unclean. There are synagogues all over our country that have mikvahs in their building, and they look very similar to our baptistries that we have in our churches. John is out in the wilderness of society, and people are coming to him. They're drawn to John because of the truth in his words. He is inviting people to come clean, to come clean about their lives and to repent. And to repent literally means to go in a new direction, to make a 180, to make a change in their life. He speaks the truth when he tells people that we are not living as we are called to live. And he invites people to make this testament by stepping into the waters to show that they want to go in a new direction. And one by one, people would come to him in the river and he would baptize, that, baptize them. And Mark says it so plainly. He says in verse 9, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the river Jordan. That's it. That's all he says. One verse to describe this very big thing. You could almost just move on and miss it. Jesus stepped off the riverbanks into the river and was baptized by John. Do you know what scholars refer to this question surrounding why Jesus got baptized? They refer to it as the messianic embarrassment. It's the, it's the phrase to describe why on earth would a savior who is without sin participate in a ritual of repentance? Why? You know, why? The minister, Barbara Brown Taylor, has this wonderful quote. She says, we spend a lot of time in the church talking about God's love for sinners, but we sure do go to a lot of trouble not to be mistaken for one of them. People were drawn to John, to the truth in his words that he invited people to change, to come clean and to repent. And one by one, they stepped into the waters and were baptized. And Jesus stepped into the waters with them, with us. We might be afraid to be mistaken for one of them, sinners, but Jesus was not afraid to be mistaken. He stepped into the waters with us, with the teen who regularly steals from her grandmother, with the addict who is consumed daily with something that he cannot let go of, with the person who is consumed with anger and hate, with the one who feels so much shame in her life, it seems to consume her. He stepped into the waters with us, with you and with me. 
with all of our brokenness. All of our brokenness. And I don't know about you, but I feel particularly keenly aware of our brokenness these days, especially after the week our nation had. I feel keenly aware of the sin of white supremacy that has yet to be rooted out in our nation that I am so quick and often to ignore and pretend away. I feel so keenly aware of the brokenness as I saw riots in our Capitol building and I saw in the crowd the symbol of the cross. The cross in this angry mob, the symbol of our faith and our hope and I wondered how many people watching that right then thought, that's it. That's who Christians are. That's what they do. And I read things on social media, media that remind me how quick we are and consumed we are with our own divisions and our preoccupation with hate and how quick we are to want to worship at the feet of greed and power. We run to the throne day after day after day instead of running towards the cross. I am keenly aware of our brokenness this week and I guess you are too. And yet here is John's message to us this morning. And it's not just for the people that lived 2,000 plus years ago. He's still speaking to us today, to you and to me. It's an invitation, again, to come clean, to repent of all the ways that we have failed to live as the people God has called us to be, and to choose another direction, and to step into the waters with Jesus to yoke our life with his, to tie our life with his. Because he steps into the waters and he shows us the way forward, the way, the truth, and the life, as he says. And in those waters, we hear the echoes of even the promise of Isaiah. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you, and the waters, they shall not consume you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. I read those words at almost every funeral I ever preside at, because I hear in those words an echo of the promises we find in our baptism, that no matter how broken or lost we may be, that nothing will separate us from the love of God. The waters of our faith, they hold to us, and not even death can change that. I remember a time when a teenager came to me one Sunday morning after church, and he said, I'm ready to be baptized. I really want to talk to you about getting baptized. And course I was thrilled like any pastor and I told him to come by after school in the middle of the week and we could talk more about it and um, in the week he came by my office and 
we talked about it and we made plans for him to get baptized that very next Sunday. And um, the day after he came to my office, his dad just randomly stopped by my office and came in and he said, you know, I have never been baptized. And I actually knew that. His father had once shared that with me. And he said, you know, I just, when I was a kid, it was like my own little personal rebellion. I knew everybody wanted me to do it, so I wasn't going to do it. And then I got older, and I was a bit embarrassed that I didn't do it when I was younger. And he said, and I had pretty much just told myself that it just didn't matter to me, that it just wasn't important to me. And he said, and then my son told me after church last Sunday that he wanted to be baptized, that he wanted to stand up in front of his church and claim his faith. And I cried. And he said, I was crying. I knew I was crying because it wasn't just that I was proud of him, and I am. It's just that I knew that he was showing me what I needed to do. And so that next Sunday, first the son and then the father stepped into those waters of faith and joined their lives with Christ. I want to follow him, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords. You know, famous Protestant uh, Reformation leader Martin Luther he said about baptism that, he said, a truly Christian life is nothing else than a daily baptism once begun and ever continued. A truly Christian life is nothing else than a daily baptism once begun and ever continued. To claim your faith for your own in big and small ways each day, we decide who we follow, who we follow. Or as the writer of Hebrews says, so let go of the weight of sin and death that we cling to so tightly, we decide if we want to choose the way of Jesus, the way of self-offering, sacrifice, and love, the one who says, take up your cross and follow me. So back to this water here that I hope you've found somewhere nearby you. And if not, you can do it later today on your own. But today I want to invite us as a people of faith to come clean about our lives, to repent, to remember our baptism and who we are called to be in this world. And we can start here and now with this reminder this week. And let me say, as Pastor Zach already mentioned, but for all ages, perhaps today you might feel called in your own life to be baptized. And if that's something you want to talk to me more about, please know that the waters are welcome for all and we welcome to be in conversation with you about that. But whether you come today to these waters to remember, or you come to these waters and look forward to the day of your baptism, I hope that you will remember that a part of a Christian life 
is a baptism once lived and lived out and ever continued. And so I invite you to the waters this day to remember who you are and who you belong to, to put your hands in the water and ask God to help you let go of the weight of sin and death that we cling to so tightly and to show you the way forward. And so as you find your waters where they are nearby right now, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I want to extend an invitation today. If today is a day of commitment for you, if you want to join us in the journey and join your life with Christ, then I invite you to speak to one of the pastors, send us a message or comment. We'd be glad to join you in the journey here at First Christian Church. You are welcome here.